All right, welcome back to your favorite podcast, Odd Fish. I'm your host, Pranav. This is your other host, Rish. And uh, and I'll be honest, the subject of this episode is going to be pretty serious compared to how our episodes usually are. So if you're expecting something fun and lighthearted like the traditional Odd Fish brand, uh, this, this might not be the episode for you, but we've got something really important to say. And we think that... Um, we think that regardless of how qualified we are to talk about it, just like any of our regular episodes, um, we do have a platform at the end of the day. And as much as we joke about only having four viewers or whatever, um, we do have a voice. And I think that if we're not using it for good, then we don't deserve to have it. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And um, like Pranav said, like we, we joke about the fact that we have only four viewers, but whoever is listening to this um just just take a second right now before we get into the actual topic, before we cue the intro as usual, um, to pause and, and make sure you are doing your part as um, an Oddfish listener and as a member of the society in, in America. Um, make sure you are spreading awareness. Make sure you are standing up for those who are being stood on and make sure you are donating to the funds and causes around the country at this moment. And um, with that, let's cue the intro. So if you hadn't guessed already, uh, in this episode, we'll be talking about the current state of this country as it relates to uh, the murder of George Floyd and uh, the riots and things that have been happening as a result. We'll be talking about, uh, I guess, what exactly is going on, our take on it, where we see things progressing, and probably most importantly, um, what we as South Asians can do about it. Um, at the end of the day, uh, it, it might seem like there's a few different sides of this story and there's different um, uh, opinions to be made, but this is a bit unlike our usual episodes in which we have different takes on things or different opinions or um, a hot take on a movie or whatnot. You know, it, it's it's a little bit more um, streamlined in the sense that there's a clear right and wrong here. And um, Pranav and I have discussed this in terms of there is no pro-racism, all right? Uh, we, we've had... We've had episodes that go um, a little deeper into objective morality and things that are, are clear definitions of right and wrong. But in this case, it's pretty blatantly clear. If you are with racism, if you stand with it, that is wrong. And not only that, but if you don't stand against it, that's wrong. Correct. So, yeah, we're at a point in the country right now where after the... After the murder of George Floyd by Officer Derek Chauvin, uh, the country is essentially erupted into chaos, and we have uh, we have protests and riots everywhere. And it almost seems like we're at uh, a point of the people versus the cops right now. And um, it's it's really crazy to wrap your head around, but um, you could almost see it as being long overdue because this isn't. Um, this isn't the first case of something like this happening and there's there's a pretty good chance it won't be the last either and it kind of seems like uh people are kind of fed up with it people are understanding the idea that peaceful protests have not worked for years and years whereas the 
the same sort of systematic racism has continued to happen and um and we're just kind of fed up with it yeah i think um i think there's a moment in time where if there's an issue in your life there's if there's an issue in society you can continue to peacefully protest it you can continue to to put up with it honestly for for years and in this case for hundreds of years and um we've seen protests come and go we've seen large civil rights movements come and go um and things that have actually done change you know i'm not i'm trying to i'm not trying to disvalue what has been done by um leaders in the in the 1900s um in the in the biggest civil rights movement that we've seen to date and how that changed the system and how that changed society in america and how that game how that gave a lot of freedom to a lot of people but when we start to see the same issues resurface dozens of years later, I think we have a fundamental issue in the way that these protests are being read and understood by those who are in charge. And I think that might be a slight answer to why a lot of people are questioning, oh, why is it, why is this, why is it leading to rioting? Why does this lead to looting? Why does it lead to a Starbucks on fire? Why does it lead to Reebok shoes being stolen from a, a looted Reebok store? Right, and I think the counter-argument to, to that would be what has peaceful protest accomplished this whole time? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're at a point where we've had Colin Kaepernick le uh, kneeling every Sunday uh, and essentially resulting in not enough change. And if you look at it even through the micro lens, um, the officer responsible for killing George Floyd was not even convicted until after the violent protest actually started. And I don't want to condone violence. Like, let's make that extremely clear. Um, I think ideally we would be able to affect change through exclusively peaceful protests. And we would have some sort of leader like MLK or Gandhi or something like that um, kind of spearheading a peaceful movement. But at the same time, you can't fault anybody for responding to violence with violence. A lot of people are on the opposite side of the fence and say violence never leads to anything. Violence won't get the job done, whatnot. And right. like Pranav said, neither has peaceful protest. MLK was assassinated at the end of the day. Malcolm Glad, not Malcolm Gladwell, Malcolm X, um, continues to support the same thing and saying that everything can be peaceful. You can stay peaceful. You can chant your prayers. You can you can take to the streets. You can continue singing and marching. But the second they lay a finger on you send them to the graveyard. And I think that's very powerful because how many times have black people been laid a finger on now? How many times have we seen someone caught on camera completely abusing their power right. just so that they can discriminate against someone that has the opposite skin color? And how many right. times have we not seen that because it's not caught on camera? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the scariest part is we have no idea how much is happening that we don't see how much is going on behind the scenes. And... Um, and it also, I think, is manifesting itself in the protests a little bit, too. I don't know if you've seen anything about the police and the government involvement in the riots where they're almost escalating the conflict to make the protesters look worse in the media or they're kind of they're kind of pushing people to violence or they're responding to peaceful protests in a violent way, whether it's mm -hmm. rubber bullets or water cannons or anything like that. There's an article that I read um, by the New York Times that was actually written in 2013 that just exposed... It was after one of the other, um, one, of the, one of the hundreds of dozens of um, killings that happened but in pr police brutality. But basically, there was a New York Times article that outlined how the role of the police officer in America is actually so deceitful that we all pretend or we all, we all think we know 
what they stand for and what police stands for in our communities. And we all think that police is police is a service that stands up for protection and 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 service and and they're there for us but it is actually quite the opposite police are not actually by law obligated to protect and serve us um, as stated by this new york times article and they are not reprimanded for their actions when they fail to do so yeah, exactly. I think if anything, this uh, brings further to light the issues with our justice system that are just uh, that have been embedded in there since since the beginning, really, because everybody's um, everybody's talking about the idea of like, oh, like all cops are bastards. Fuck 12, like all that, all that shit. Mm-hmm. And I think we got to get to the bottom of like what it means objectively, because I think. Uh, statements like that are ending up leading to a lot more like heated emotional conflict than they probably should. Um, and what I what I mean by that is essentially people are saying like, yeah, like all cops are bastards, fuck the police. And the response to that is my dad's a police officer, my brother's a police officer. They're not all bad. You can't trash every police officer for the actions of the few. And then the like the counter argument to that is like, Fuck police officers, especially the ones you're related to. And I like, I understand the sentiments coming from both sides, but I don't think that, I don't think it addresses the issue properly because at the end of the day, the issue is that the justice system right now does not serve the people. It actually enables things like racism and hate crimes by putting individuals in a position of power over regular civilians and essentially no consequences to their actions as have been proven time and time again. Um, and the whole, like the, the idea of fuck the police and fuck 12 is not referring to your dad. That's a police officer or anything like that. It's referring to the position of police officers themselves, which regardless, if you have the best intentions as a police officer, you're ultimately contributing to a system that's enabling racism bigotry violent crimes things like that uh without any consequence so it's not that you're bad for being a policeman it's that the police system itself is corrupt and unhelpful to the civilians that it's supposed to serve exactly that that was well said and i think a lot of that also lies in the complacency of of police officers and people just around the country in the sense that one of the first things you said on this episode was just because you are not doing something doesn't mean you are abstaining yourself from the problem. If you're not doing something, you are still part of the problem. In fact, you are increasing the problem. That's 100% facts. And I think us, especially as Asian Americans, South Asian, um, I feel like we as a community have noticed this issue going on in our society for years and years and continue to say nothing and do nothing about it until recently. And part of the reason I think that happens is the idea of the model minority. And basically what that means is that eight uh, Asian Americans and Indian Americans were essentially let into this country and allowed to exist as second class citizens, basically on the condition that we kept our mouth shut and stuck to the status quo. And we essentially served as an example of like, oh, like if the Asians can do it, you can do it too as immigrants, which provided more of an excuse for, uh, I guess, the white elitists in charge to keep up their their systematic racism under the pretense that it's something that it isn't. 
And I think there's another side to that as well in terms of the fact that we often see our status as minorities or, or a lot of people becoming doctors, engineers, whatever. You know you see that shit in your community as South Asians. And oftentimes we, um, most of the time, we see, we see it as praise. Oh, your son is in America. He's working as a doctor. Congrats. Your son is in America. He's working as an engineer. Congrats. I wholeheartedly respect and appreciate that hard work that it's taken any of those people to, to succeed and come to America and, and create a new life for people. You know, all praise to our immigrants who've come to this country and made a new life for their families. But, but... Don't lose sight of the fact that just because you succeeded doesn't mean everybody else is as well. We succeeded almost on the basis of another complete group of people being oppressed at the same time. And that's exactly what Pranav is talking about when in 1965 or whenever it was, they passed the act that allowed us to come to this country for certain reasons and continued to oppress black people so that we could have the deceitful approach of success in this country. Yeah, and that's that's 100% facts. And so as as Asian Americans who have been put in that position, it's absolutely our responsibility to fight for and stand up for those people who were oppressed while we were being allowed to thrive and and to stand with them, I guess. Um and and not only that, but I feel like uh we also kind of have to deal with the issues of cultural appropriation too, which just being a human being you have a moral obligation to stand up to racism and oppression when you see it happening to fellow human beings. That's just that's just how society works. But uh, Asians and South Asians specifically, um, when there's so much appropriation of black culture in our community, we absolutely owe it to them as a culture to to make our voices heard and to show our support and. Uh, just just speaking on myself here, this only this only applies to me, I guess, and not to make this issue about myself uh, or anything, but just as a personal anecdote, I found a lot of comfort and I've kind of found a home with hip hop music. It's defined a lot of who I am. It's a passion that I put a lot of my heart into and it allows me to be the person I am today. But at the end of the day, like I'm well aware that Hip-hop is an art form that's built off the struggles of a certain group of people, and that's a group of people that I'm not part of and a struggle that I've never had to face. So really, I'm an outsider in this culture, and I I owe it to the art of hip-hop. I owe it to myself to stand up for that culture when they're facing oppression and I like I'm not the only brown SoundCloud rapper out there. Like I've I've seen y'all on social media and I I personally feel like if you are if you're similar to me and that you found a home in any aspect of black culture, whether it's music, film, art, fashion, anything like that, uh, you owe it to the culture itself to stand up for it and make your voice heard and show your support. I, I agree with that and um I don't I don't see that as um personalizing towards you as well i think that's a very important point to make and i think um while anyone who has found solace or found home in black culture and black art black music whatever it is your obligation to first your obligation for standing up um your obligation to stand up for them is amplified but that doesn't mean that any of you who have never heard rap music and if you have never been a part of black culture have no obligation you still like like trevor noah said you still as a person in this country sign an inherent contract to be a part of the society and what that means is that you stand up for this melting pot of a nation for any 
race that is oppressed. And right now, and for so many hundreds of years, we have seen the black race being oppressed in so many, so many ways. And it is still our obligation to stand up for them, regardless of whether we are white, people of color, South Asians, whatever it is. You 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 inherently sign that contract, and and when you do, you gotta stand up for them. That's that's facts, and it can take a lot of different forms. Whether it's donating to one of the causes that you believe in, or participating in the protests, or anything like that, there, or even just posting on social media, there there are lots of ways that you can show your support and that you can you can contribute to one of the most tumultuous times in American society. I know we all like that big word, but I'll move on. Um, I guess the last thing I kind of want to talk about is where do you see things going in the future? Because we're definitely in an unprecedented state uh, with the protests, the riots, the government response, and with COVID magnifying it all. Uh, Where do you see things heading? It's tough to say because I think even before um, the country broke out into mass mass protest and and riot, uh, we were already in a state of uncertainty, like you said. Um, This whole thing is happening on the backdrop of COVID-19, and I think Don Lemon put it pretty nicely to say that there's two diseases in this country right now. There's COVID and there's racism, and um, it's, it's a bit... It's a bit sad to not know where we're going to go from here because at the end of the day, this could just be another one of those wave of protests, wave of riots that happens in this country and nothing gets done. And um, with the administration that we have in office currently, it definitely does seem that way. But nonetheless, I think we are hopeful and optimistic that regardless of how quiet that has been from the administration, regardless of how quiet change has been, we always hope for change in the best way possible. And I, and I, and I once again, hope that what we are doing right now, that what we're standing up for will change, not only the current situation and, and get the people arrested who killed Ahmaud Arbery, George, uh, George Floyd and whoever else in this, in the current situation, but also bring systematic change to the administration. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of systematic change, my friend Darnez said, basically like it's, it's now or never. And I, I don't. I couldn't have put it better myself because um, this is this is the country when we're at our kind of most enraged, most radical, most revolutionary. And if this doesn't amount to some sort of drastic systematic change, I have no idea what it's going to take to actually create that. You know. Um, yeah. And yeah. and what like I guess worries me and excites me at the same time is. The way I'm seeing everything escalate um, when it went from first peaceful protests to then violent protests to the police getting involved to to Trump literally alluding to the fact that he's going to allow the Coast Guard to fire on his citizens makes me think that uh, if there's ever a time or ever events leading up to a revolution, it's right now. I feel like... uh, I feel like we've all kind of seen systematic injustice for a long time and with with unemployment rates rising like we we have no hope we're looking for we have no jobs we have nothing to do we're looking for something to believe in and this might just be it so it's um i think whatever happens next is going to be historically unprecedented at least in our lifetimes and it'll probably be something that we're telling our kids about years from now and i hope it's not something that we're telling your kids about in the sense that oh look at this remember this thing that happened remember this uh Remember this dark time in history? I hope 
it truly does bring about change. And, and I think the difference is that, you know, last time that the revolution happened and a lot of it sort of went in the textbooks, but this time the revolution will be televised and it's televised every day in so many different ways. We see every police officer that puts a hand on a black person. We see every police officer right now in the streets driving their cars into people. We get it all on film. We get it all on our iPhones and on Twitter and Instagram. And I think with that happening, I think it, it blows up a lot of emotion in people. And I think that's where a lot of the comments come from. That's where a lot of the, the conversations that we were talking about earlier in terms of fuck you, fuck you, police, dad, all, all, all cops don't matter, whatnot. A lot of that emotion comes from the accessibility of the information we have right now. So I think my note to that is just for those who are watching all the videos, for those who are reading all the articles and tuning into the news reports every night and basically all the time at this at this point, just let the emotion and pain drive the courage and your fight towards whatever it is you believe in and whatever it is you believe in is anti-racism, anti-oppression, Black Lives Matter, and the support for those people in, in the oppressive state currently. But let the ob- objectivity and let the realism of the facts drive the force towards the progress and systematic change that we actually need at the end of this revolution. Yeah, that's, yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. And, and for those of you who are just kind of sitting at home playing animal crossing, like nothing's going on. Um, I would ask you, where do you want to be? Where do you want to see yourself when the revolution is happening? And I guess this country is changing forever. You know, do you, do you want to just let that pass you by? Or do you want to do you want to be a part of it? And and that might seem like an egotistic question, but at the end of the day, everyone needs to step up with their own ego to play the bigger part in society. And uh, as as Oddfish, obviously, we know you guys are not used to hearing something like this come from... Um, wow, nice voice crack. That was awesome, bro. Uh, <laughs> okay, we know only you, laugh in that episode. Yeah. <laughs> we know y'all are not used to hearing something like this come out, but... Like we said, we all have an obligation to speak up, to donate, to represent the people that cannot be represented. And so while this might be a 0.0005% contribution towards that cause, we hope that this we hope that this is a small step in the right direction. We hope that this inspires you to also make the same change and, and take an active part in society. And it's not just that. More than anything else, uh, we want to, from Oddfish show our support to our African-American brothers and sisters out there. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we have our platform. This is our voice. This is how we express ourselves. And we want to use that power for you to show you that we're on your side. And that's always going to be how it is. So from Pranav and Risha Oddfish, we wish you the best and stay safe. So yeah, that's going to wrap up the episode. Uh, If you have any topics you think we should discuss in the future, especially with these rapidly changing times, any guests you'd like to see on the podcast, any guests you'd like to be on the podcast, any suggestions for us to improve, any feedback on the episode, uh, drop us a comment on Twitter, Instagram, a DM, something like that. Text us, leave us a voice memo on Anchor, anything like that. Odd fish out, and we'll see you when we see you.